We're almost halfway through the year, and so far, COVID-19 has claimed the lives of some 120,000 Americans. Yet, fear of this virus is not stronger than the rage we all feel in the face of racism, injustice and ignorance, and the savage brutality with which some police forces conduct themselves. I am told that, as a privileged white person, I will never understand what it's like to grow up black in America. And I struggle with that. I struggle with the notion that I benefit from being white, even if I don't see it. I wrestle with the idea that I don't have to be a racist to behave according to a racist worldview. The question is not, am I racist, but rather, how am I racist? And I don't know. I'm still wrestling with that. But I do know that I have friends who are black, accomplished, well-educated, employed, and successful black people who do not feel safe and who fear for their children, who tell them that they wished they were white. That breaks my heart. And so I am resolved to open wide my heart and search deep within so that the Holy Spirit can lead to conversion where it is needed and so that I can be an agent of change. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello, and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and once again, I'm recording at home. How are you doing? Have you been able to go back to work? Are, are your churches open now? Have you been able to go to Mass? What uh, have the last three months been like for you? I'd like to know. Please write to me, pedro at saltandlighttv.org, and tell me how your COVID spring experience has been like. We hope to do a special show featuring all your experiences during this time. So tell me about them. What was unique for you? Um, did you learn something? Was it a spiritual experience? Did you learn anything new about our faith during this time? Was it a particularly difficult time for you? Tell me. Pedro at saltonlighttv.org. I'd love to hear your stories and hopefully we can share uh, some of them here on the air. So I'm at home, but things here where I live are getting back to normal. Restaurants are allowed to open their patios, hair salons, dentists, and medical centers are also opening. And so are churches. Still, like most people, I am still working from home, um, but I don't mind. I certainly don't miss the commute. I, I miss the travel, though. This week, I was supposed to be at the Divine Renovation Conference in Halifax. And actually, last week, I was scheduled to speak at two events, and they were canceled. Um, and I also had a trip to Boston that was canceled. That's too bad. So here I am working in my basement. Where are you? Are you driving? Sitting at home? Are you listening to the Catholic Channel? Are you podcasting the show? Well, we have a good show for you today. So sit back and relax. On the show today, we're going to hear uh, part of a conversation I had with Glenn Beyer of Oregon Catholic Press. Glenn is a liturgist who has some comments about how to best do Mass when it is being live streamed. Uh, some of us may still prefer to stay home and watch the Mass on the internet. The dispensation from the Sunday obligation to attend Mass is still in place, so you don't have to go to Mass if you're concerned about the virus or if you're feeling sick or live with someone who is particularly vulnerable to the virus. So Mass is still being live-streamed, and there are some things that we can do to make that experience better for those watching at home. So that's uh, a conversation with Glenn Beyer from Oregon Catholic Press in about five minutes. 
After that, Jillian Cantor returns to tell us what she learned from her kids. That's in about 10 minutes. And today, uh, in Church for Dummies, Billy will join me on a video chat to ask more questions about indulgences. I hope, uh, <laughs> I hope that I can answer them. I hope it wasn't too complicated or too confusing last week. Uh, so that's in about 15 minutes. And now that churches are beginning to open and mass is starting up again, different dioceses are doing it differently based on their particular circumstances. Some dioceses have already resumed masses and one of them is Vancouver. So in our second half hour, we're going to speak with Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver and he will tell us how they did it. That's in about 25 minutes. And at the end of the show, we're meeting a new Catholic artist, Dan Ferrari. He's a singer, songwriter, and young adult minister from New Jersey. He has some really good music, so he's going to be joining us today at the end of the program. And remember, if you can't listen to the whole show, be sure to go to our website, saltandlighttv.org, where you can download our podcast, the whole program. You can also listen to this program as a podcast on your Roku or anywhere, wherever, wherever you get your podcasts. So let's start with a song. Here's Dan Ferrari with Because I'm Called from his latest album, Strengthen. Why try to change the world? Why reach out to others? Why love my enemies like sisters and brothers? Why reach into my pocket and spare a man some change? I'm called 
That was Dan Ferrari with Because I'm Called from his latest album, Strengthen. And we're going to be speaking with Dan Ferrari in about 30 minutes. But first, here's part of a conversation I had with liturgist Glenn Beyer of Oregon Catholic Press about best practices for live streaming Mass. You made a comment in the article that I had not thought about, but it had to do with silence, because I think that those of us that are live streaming the Mass might feel that there are no responses or it's uncomfortable uh, to leave silence, but you suggest that actually we should make room for extra silence. Why is that? I really think so, because I, when you're following at home, when you're attending Mass at home or praying at home, there is so much going on. And just to give yourself that time to calm, to center, and to get rid of all the distractions. As I sit here, I'm looking around and there's all the stuff in my rooms. And it's not the same as the, as it's not the same focus as I would have if I was actually in church. Right. And so to give that, that rhythm that takes the time that is needed to make that work, I think it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, alongside with that are the responses. Sometimes if, if, I don't know what Father Bill uh, Burke in Sydney, Nova Scotia is doing, if he's celebrating Mass by himself, is he also doing the responses himself? Does that he help? actually has two people that are staying in his house and they're doing the responses, which is okay. good. I yeah. saw two in the, in the cathedral in Winnipeg where there was actually somebody at the microphone making the responses. Right. And right. that makes, that makes a real difference because I, the whole point of a communal celebration is that we respond together. So if I, if, if the priest says, the Lord be with you. And I say, and also with you, and I'm the only one, where is it, you know? So yes. to have that voice is really, really important. Yes, yes. And just to be sure, it's and with your spirit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> um, um, what about music? You know, music is really tricky. I work for a music publisher, and we are just looking around, trying to figure out what makes the most sense. Right. I think some of the, some of the best tips around are use music that is familiar, do have music, absolutely. Um, have it live is, is the ideal, but these are extraordinary times, so you may have to work with that just a little bit. Okay. Uh, I've seen some real interesting work with visual choir, virtual choirs where people in their homes are singing and each of them records the track and it gets put together. It's a little bit of work, but it makes a really good uh, link between the parish and the, the singers that they know and the people of God. At the same time, you might want to steer away from things like, you know, uh, really big songs, your praise to the Lord, things like that. You may want to have something that's a little quieter because, again, what the live stream mass is doing is not 
it's a personal prayer experience. Mm -hmm. And so you need music that people would be happy to sing on their own, that they might want to hum on their way home from church as much as right. the, 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 the big four square hymns. So you really need to have some, some adaptation going on. Right, and maybe not sing everything, but you know, the opening. Absolutely. The well, you need to look open. at the Psalm, the Holy, the Memorial Acclamation, the Amen, those exactly. key pieces. There's a whole hierarchy, and always has been, a hierarchy of what needs to be sung at church. Right. Do you, you know, at, sorry to interrupt. Uh, at the, no, at, at the bottom of the pile is the closing hymn of all things, which doesn't actually exist in the liturgy. No. It's no. not actually in the book. We do it out of custom, out of habit. But yeah. the most important things are the Eucharistic acclamations and the psalm. Yeah, so some, some music. Um, okay, this is all really good advice. I hope every priest that's streaming, which I presume is every priest, <laughs> is paying attention. Um, Glenn, thank you so much. It, it was very, uh, actually very useful to, to, uh, to read the article. I do hope that a lot of people go to ocp.org and, and find the article. There's lots of really good information there. And, uh, hopefully we can all be a little better in how we, uh, proclaim the word <laughs> through the internet. During thank times. you so much for this opportunity. I'd love to talk to you anytime. Take yeah. care. Thank you, Glenn. That was part of a conversation I had with Glenn Beyer of Oregon Catholic Press for our TV program, Hope From Home. You can watch the full interview at saltonighttv.org slash hopefromhome. Coming up is what I learned from my kids with Jillian Cantor, so don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Sarah Kroger, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to saltandlighttv.org. All our programs are archived there. Coming up is a question on indulgences in Church for Dummies. But now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome Hello. back. Hello. Thank you very much. It's good How are you to doing? See you. I'm good. It's good to see you on this video call. I guess we haven't, you haven't been on the show since like March. Um, it was soon after, so. yeah, yeah. It was soon after all the quarantine started and kids yeah. were home. And, yeah. So how, so. how, I guess that's, there's lessons there, uh, um, uh, but it's, how has it been? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Um, yesterday, uh, as I, my kids were eating lunch and I was just at the end of the table, just looking around at all of them and just seeing their interaction and seeing their faces and I've seen a lot of their faces lately <laughs> but there's just something about that moment yesterday where I said out loud look at you look at all you kids like, like I just for one second there I couldn't believe they were all mine and how lucky oh. I was that they were all mine and so I think that's one of the things that we're taking away from this is just appreciating mm -hmm. being together I mean there's a lot of fighting let's be honest <laughs> but we're together and ultimately that is good so I'm I don't really have any complaints except for I just want school to be done. We're kind of done oh, with the e-learning right. and we just want to move on to freedom of summer days. So, that's right. Because yeah. school e-learning means you have to do it with them probably because yeah. you're so yeah. with the little so, ones anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's been time consuming and we're ready for the, a new chapter on this. Yeah. Good. But the lesson that I want to share with you, this mm -hmm. is a really important thing that I've learned. Uh, and that is Jane is bored. That is the lesson of the <laughs> <laughs> Remind Jane's us four. how old is how old is Jane? Jane is four, okay. um, so she is not e-learning, and it's oftentimes when I'm spending my mornings with the bigger kids doing their schooling that she'll kind of be kicking around the house, and she will come up to me, or she'll find 
her daddy working in the basement office and she'll announce to us, I don't know what to do now. And when she tells me that, I think, and sometimes say out loud, me either, kid, me either. I don't know what to do. We're coming from different places. She doesn't know what to do because she's just tired of everything. I don't know. And I don't know what to do because there just seems to be so much to handle that I'm not sure which thing I should tackle next or which direction I should spin around in. So we're coming from different um, angles, but ultimately it's kind of this feeling of what now? What do we do now? And as we look at our summer and we've had just like everyone else in the world, we've had travel plans have to be canceled. The boys are obviously not playing ball this year. There's no swimming lessons that we know of that are going to be happening. So we're kind of just looking at this empty space of time and thinking, gosh, what now next? Like we've had to cancel our trip to see Grammy puppets, Saskatchewan. What are we going to fill our time with? What, what are we going to do? And it just seems heavy and overwhelming. But at the same time that we're feeling these things and we're having this, hearing this voice in our head say, what now? Um, we also celebrated the Feast of the Ascension. And um, I had shared with you the last time that my kids were remaining quite loyal to our parish and our church and our priest, and they did yes. not want us to deviate from any from that mass at our parish. However, we did get them to go to a different virtual mass um, because Father Robert Gallia in Australia was having um, a ho or excuse me, was having a guest for his music ministry. He had Matt Marr uh, mm. provide music, and that is he's a family favorite of ours. So we wanted to attend mass with music ministry provided by Matt Marr. So that nice. mass happened to be on the feast of the Ascension, and in uh, both the little talk that Matt Marr gave before the mass began, and in Father Gallia's homily, they both touched on that very phrase of "What now." Um, and how they did that was through the, the mindset of the apostles. So these men um, faced confusing times many times. They were, they were faced with uncertainty many, many times in their lives, starting with when they were first called into this mission uh, to live a life with Jesus. How confusing. What are they supposed to do? What are their actions? Who is this man? What are they going to be teaching? They finally get used to that, and then Jesus is uh, dies on the cross. So now the man that they were following is gone. Now what? Well, they kind of get used to this is the reality. Then Jesus rises from the dead. So now they, they have that presence of Jesus with them. Then he ascends into heaven. So it's just this constant, they finally get used to something, and then it changes. So they're constantly in this cycle of what now? What next? What do we do? But the difference, I think with my what now and their what now is perspective. And they were seeing a potential and an opportunity in it. So it's even in how you say it, theirs came from a place of, here we go, what now, what next? And mine comes from this feeling of being completely overwhelmed and maybe slightly annoyed, oh, what now? <laughs> so it's really that matter of voice, that matter of what you see in that opportunity. And so, like we are facing not just our family, but the whole wide world. We're facing this clean slate, um, really out of necessity. Like things have been canceled, but we're also what um, being in quarantine and COVID has kind of done, I think, for the world is shed light on a lot of sin and grime that has spilled up our lives. Um, so things are being cleaned out and we're all looking at this blank slate. And now is a time for all of us to say, what now? Here is potential. Here is opportunity. We are waking up to something brand new. What now? And so 
I have to remember that when Jane comes to me and tells me that I don't know what to do now, I'm bored, that I can say to her, what now? What do you think we should do now? Like, it's going to be, it's my tone that is going to set the precedent for our family. Um, and so I have this responsibility to embrace it and to make it something good and exciting to see what we can tackle. So I think out of Jane's boredom, we're just learning what can we do with that as a family for good. <laughs> and I think that's, we're just, that's what we're all we're trying to do right now is what can we do for the good, the good of our family, the good of each other, the good of the community that we live in, the good of the world, the good of our family that lives far away. What can we do? What now? So mm -hmm. um, I will encourage others, but I also, <laughs> it's kind of the speech I have to give to myself every day to keep motivating myself. What now? What can we do now? And to make sure you say it with a smile on your face and not with a weight on your shoulders. So what now, good. Pedro? What now? <laughs> I know summer and, uh, yeah, boredom is always the seed for great creativity, I think. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a great lesson um, for all of us who might be sitting at home bored. Not me, of course. <laughs> no, I'm sure you have things to do. <laughs> what now? I'm going to go sit outside with a drink. <laughs> <laughs> with a smile on my face. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Enjoy the warmth. Thank you, Jillian. Um, have a great summer, a great creative summer with your children and with your yes, husband. You and uh, we'll see you in the fall. Awesome. Thank you so much. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace. She's the writer of A Woman's Voice, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. This is David Wong from Critical Mass, and you're listening to Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available on Roku and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. <laughs> Billy joining me on video chat from home, from, from a beach. Yes, yes. You know, I always want to travel. I always like to travel. And it's summer, right? You know, so I, can, I need to see something like, like the beach and, and the sand. <laughs> so we got some beach there behind you. Um, yes. And you're, you have a question. You, last week we were talking about indulgences. And, and I think I maybe made you, made you more confused. Um, actually, yeah, yes or no. But you know, after I read more, I understand more. But the thing is this, um, uh, we want to solve things, right? You know, as a human being, mm -hmm. we know there is something coming. So indulgence, so we need to pay for it, right? We need to pay in purgatory. So, and we have some time now, you know, so can we do it now? So can we pay <laughs> yeah. for it now? So while we are on earth, while we are still in life, can we, you know, just do something? to minimize the, the pain and suffering in purgatory. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So that's what an indulgence is. So you can, you can, you can, you can buy, since you use the word pay, I mean, you can buy, <laughs> buy your, oh. your, some time off. I, it's not a great <laughs> way to say it, but you can buy your time off purgatory by yes. through these indulgences that the church grants. So, okay. so yeah, that's part of the part of the I think that's the the beauty of it actually. Yeah, that's my question then. You know, so how how this work, right? So is there any application form I need to fill in and is there any <laughs> yes. like uh, energy bar, right? You know when we play TV games, you know, energy bar, okay, we were reached there and we seen we lost energy and now we yes. eat something and we get yes. it 
king in back. So how this work? Yeah. Okay. So you could actually uh, indulgences are available all the time, and there wow. are some some conditions for receiving uh, an indulgence. Um, actually, before let me let me let you know. So that there are two types of indulgences. You can have a partial indulgence, so that takes care of some of the temporal punishment. Okay. Whereas a plenary indulgence pays the entire debt of temporal oh, punishment. So okay. there is a full thing and maybe okay. a mini thing. Exactly. So you can have a part, partial, or okay. a full temp, okay. uh, uh, indulgence. Uh, mm-hmm. indulgence. Okay. Now a reminder, the indulgence does not forgive the sin. The sin has already been forgiven at confession. So you go to confession and the sin has been forgiven. And then for that particular sin, you can gain an indulgence. And, and that's through the authority that the church has to grant uh, help with with helping people uh, get to heaven. So, That's great. So the plenary indulgences, there are usual condition conditions, um, and these are actually listed in a document uh, called the Endicuridion of indulgences. Um, so people can can look it up. But basically, you need to be in the state of grace. So that means that you have to have been to com- confession. You have no um, sin. Exactly. You need to be completely free from any attachment to even venial sin. So it's, it's again, it's also very good to have just been to confession. Um, you have to have the intention of gaining the indulgence. So you have to, whatever you have, you're doing, you have to do it with the, with the, with the hope that you're going to get the indulgence. Um, so before you, the confession you're talking about, right? Before the confession. No, 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 no. When you oh. do, when, when you're, when you're getting the indulgence, because what happens I see. is, okay. so, so there are some things that the church suggests that you do um and those are what the church what we're going to say are the prescribed acts that the church Uh, says okay so for example during the year of mercy the pope said if you visit any shrines uh i remember when i went to world youth day in in krakow you could go to the shrine of our lady of chestohova that was one of the shrines it had a, a door of mercy and if you visited one of these shrines you could gain a plenary indulgence if you are in a state of grace, if you had the intention of gaining the indulgence, and then if you receive communion or go to confession within eight days of performing the act, okay? Wow, very specific. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, actually, it's within uh, 20 days because that was changed recently. And then <laughs> Because of say, the pandemic? <laughs> no, it was changed actually oh. before. It, okay. It was changed, uh, I think, even before the year of mercy. And then you, you, you pray for the Holy Father's intentions. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's very, very specific. Um, I think ultimately, if you have a willingness to, to do what you have to do to gain the indulgence, that the indulgence will be granted. Um, so, and it's granted, like I said, because the church has the authority to, to, to do that through, through what it's called the treasury of the church. So that's a, probably a good question for next, next time. <laughs> yeah. So, so can I understand it like this? So uh, after confession, uh, everyone should be able to go to heaven. But, you know, some of them, because we didn't pay for the indulgence, we need to go to purgatory. But yes. after we got the purgatory, uh, after we got the indulgence completely or fully, yes. Okay, indulgence, we should be able to go to heaven directly. Yes. Um, and if, yeah, exactly. So if you died immediately, you should be able to go yeah. to heaven directly. Most of us don't die immediately. So you sin again, <laughs> and then you're, you're back to confession and then trying to, trying to do things to gain the indulgence again. That's amazing to know. I mean, you know, uh, a lot of Catholic friends or my Catholic people know know about the confession, but indulgence, uh, now we need to work more. 
Yes, exactly. So, um, and I'm happy to hear from our, our listeners if they have any questions or any, any other information about indulgences that they want to share with us. Exactly. Thank you, Pedro. You're very welcome. Billy Chan. Billy Chan is the webmaster at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at the Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, reopening churches and resuming masses, and we meet singer-songwriter Dan Ferrari. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. In most places around the world, the action taken by governments in order to stop the spread of the coronavirus, and this was agreed to by church officials, was to put an end to large gatherings of people. That meant canceling masses and in many places, closing churches. The Archdiocese of Vancouver canceled masses, but never went as far as to close churches. Now, almost three months later, on May 23rd, they resumed masses, but with very strict guidelines. Earlier this week, I spoke with Vancouver's Archbishop Michael Miller about this whole transition and the guidelines for celebrating Mass during COVID-19. I've seen those guidelines and I actually would like to talk about them because all of us here in the rest of the country that are, are, are looking forward to opening churches and resuming Masses are, are curious to know how similar our guidelines are going to be. Um, you decided to leave the resuming of Masses at the discretion of the pastors, correct? Is that what you did? Because uh, for several reasons, most places have done it. We also knew that there were some parishes uh, or a few parishes that uh, it would be difficult for them to ensure proper sanitizing. Most of their volunteers and so on are themselves vulnerable people. A couple of places, perhaps the priest felt himself to be um, vulnerable and we did not think it was prudent to force yeah, uh, force the celebration of masses in, in, in such places. Of course, did um, you? Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Sorry, did you phase out? Sorry, did you phase in masses in that you allowed weekday masses first and then Sunday masses? No, uh, a, a couple of parishes did that. We gave a start date that they could start on Sunday the twenty third, mm -hmm. which was Ascension Sunday. Um, I would say about half of the parishes began that day. A few parishes decided to opt to to begin on Monday to see how it would go. Um, and other parishes said, well, we'll wait and we'll do it on Pentecost. We need a little more time to get supplies to organize how we're going to uh, sort of arrange the assignment of the maximum number of people and so on. Yeah. And the maximum number you said was 50. That, was, that 50, was a number. Which includes you know, priest servers, any Everybody. musician, any, anybody who's doing live streaming. It's 50 people in the space. So it's right. probably about 42, 42 parishioners. And the, but that's not contingent on the size of the space. If it's a no. small sanctuary, I guess. No, I, if you can't, if it's, um, if the church is too small, although I don't think any of our churches are too small to, for physical distancing for 50, but if there right. were a place, then you have to ensure the physical, the two meter yeah, physical distancing. Some, Did, some places are much larger. They could physical distance and hold 300, but the government has been very clear. It's not a percentage. We want, 50 because we believe that's a number for which we could do con contact tracing were it necessary. 
Right. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. Um, and, and did parishes, uh, did they set up a sign-up system? Do you know how most parishes are? Most, are yes, of course. In nearly every parish, it was a sign-up system that they used different methods. Um, we had a template if they wanted to use it. Some, most of them did a sign up. They did sign up because we had, they needed, but how they did it was up to them, whether it was email, whether it was phone, a combination using the template that was made available by the archdiocese and so on. Mm -hmm. Of course. And would you, did you see that any parishes had to add extra masses in order yeah, some to? Some parishes have chosen to add extra, have chosen to add extra masses or have masses in another gathering space. Uh, that, that would be, for example, we have in Vancouver, most of our elementary schools are on the school property, on the parish property. Sometimes there are even distinct parking lots. And so they would have two spaces where people could gather it. If there's a, a pastor and associate, they could both be celebrating mass at the same right. time. Um, however, the dispensation yes, uh, for the that obligation is, is, still, is still in effect and will be until such time as the churches are completely open because okay. as soon as whenever you have any restriction, you can't impose an obligation. Yeah, of course, of course, because um, there'd be people who would be, as like you said earlier, that would be concerned or afraid or they live with elderly people or people who are afraid. Right, there are, and we in, in the instructions, we advise some people very strongly that they should not come. Mm -hmm. Of course, you yeah. can't stop yeah. somebody. But it's very, it's advised there are right. groups of people that should not come to mass at this yeah. time. There were two items in your in your guidelines that that I had not thought about, and one had to do with the length of mass. You're suggesting that masses should be shorter, and the other one had to do with music. Can you explain those two? Right. I think part of the mass is being shorter. Recommended is that we know that it's um, the length of time in in the congregated space that has to do with the possibility of um, the virus spreading. Right. And music. They say, you know, it's all about droplets now and that music and opening your mouth in song, uh, particularly loud and gusty song. Um, the number of droplets released into the air is very yeah. high. And right. so it's best not to encourage congregational singing. Right. And in fact, many people are wearing masks anyways. Right. And I was going to ask you about that. So the province has not required the no, use the province, of The province here is very... We don't have to wear masks outside. You don't have to wear them. Um, I'd say a church, maybe two thirds are wearing them. You can go mm -hmm. to the grocery store. Maybe most people, but not everyone. Right. Physical distancing is where there's far more concern than mask wearing. Yeah. I think the, the biggest concern or the question that a lot of people have is regards to distributing communion, receiving communion, what sorts of, how did you figure those? I mean, those, there are liturgical and canonical concerns there. So can you right. explain? Well, we certainly um, highly recommend, of course, receiving communion on the hand, which is by far the, the most common practice. And um, we rec what's recommended is that the person, because there are six or two meter intervals that when they approach the, the, the priest, that at the six, at the two meter limit, the priest will say the body of Christ, the person will answer amen and then come forward and receive so that there's right. no, they're so not they're breathing not on each other at the time of, uh, of reception of communion. Mm -hmm. A few places have um, 
kind of plexiglass, you know, sort of a, a screen, and the person would put their hands up kind of through the, the a, a bottom hole, but, right. but not everyone does that. Oh, so, so some parishes in Vancouver have done that with the plexiglass? Yes, the cathedral, we have that. Uh -huh. yeah. We, However, we put it not... on, a, on the communion rail, because we have a communion rail, yeah. and okay. just installed it, and, and uh, people can use that either for the hands, or there's one if, if one's receiving on the tongue. Okay, but receiving so you on the have, tongue, you yeah. have to sanitize after each after each after each communion after each communion whereas on the hand only if they if you actually end up touching the the hand by by mistake. right so if there are and i know in my parish for example i know i know i can tell you exactly who the parishioners are who who want to receive in the tongue and i suppose right. that they could be instructed to go to uh, on a separate line to the yeah, oh yes and that's definitely a separate line you and we also suggest a younger a, a younger priest or extraordinary minister or deacon right Right, but there's so no. You need... that? Are you the and the younger Carl Pedro? Yeah, <laughs> not 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 so much anymore. Okay, um, uh, but there's no requirement that the Eucharistic minister has to sanitize after each. No, after not each. after each. If it's on, if if, he does, if there's no contact, there's no reason. You know, you can when you put it on the hand, you kind of actually drop the host. Right, I know but that there were some it, concerns. Then you, then you do sanitize. Yeah, when uh, masses resumed in Italy, I know there was some concern because the Italian church uh, instructed priests to wear gloves while distributing communion. Can you explain a little bit about about the concern with that? I can't see any 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 particular reason for wearing. I find, I think, touching the host with gloves, I find, not the most desirable and un un unnecessary practice. Right. Yeah, I think so, and it's it's just yeah. not necessary. We we don't do it in. In public places, I was at the hospital yesterday, and people are not wearing, are typically not wearing gloves even in the hospital. Even to distribute communion. In the uh, hospital, I don't think that they're doing. I think we 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 very much discourage the wearing of gloves. Right. Are you suggesting that Eucharistic ministers or priests, while they're distributing communion, should be wearing masks? We say masks. it's advisable, but not necessary. But it is advisable, and we're suggesting that communion therefore not be distributed after mass. Okay, can you explain that? How does that work? Well, it's because of the length of time that it takes for communion, you know, when okay. there's people are approaching, it's at six feet. And also that during the actual celebration of Mass, it is, I think it's more fitting not to be using a Mass, but afterwards, and you can take off your chasuble, um, right. which is also a further safeguard, and you can distribute Holy Communion just with an alb and a stole. Right. And, and, and there and, are you norms know, in the and, and you're putting a table out, and it's just it, it would, I think, unduly lengthen, and it's not necessary. You can distribute communion right after at the end of mass. You just exactly over the sacristy, take off your chasuble, and um, you know, sanitize your hands again and, and go out. That was a conversation I had with Archbishop Michael Miller of Vancouver. They resumed celebrating Masses on May 23rd. That interview was done as part of our TV program, Faith in a Time of Crisis. You can watch the full interview at saltandlighttv.org. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Dan Ferrari, with Prayers to Our Lady from his album, Unrepeatable. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, then never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection 
implored your help or sought your intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence we fly unto you oh virgin of virgins our mother to you we come before you we stand sinful and sorrowful oh mother of the word incarnate despise not our petitions but in your mercy hear and answer us amen 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 mother hear and answer us Blessed are you among all women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. The hour of our death, Amen. 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 Mother, hear and answer us, Amen. Hail, Holy. Queen, Mother of Mercy, hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Morning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of your womb, your womb, Jesus. So holy mother of God that we might be made worthy worthy of the promises of Christ worthy of the promises of Christ Amen Amen 
That was Dan Ferrari with Prayers to Our Lady from his album, Unrepeatable. Dan Ferrari is a singer-songwriter, performer, worship leader, and young adult minister who has quite the songwriting and producing collaborations to his name. Too many to mention here. Um, When he's not writing, recording, or performing, Dan is working at a center for evangelization called the St. Paul Inside the Walls in the Diocese of Patterson, New Jersey. He has four albums to his name. The latest was just released last year. It's called Strengthen. We've been hearing some songs from that album. Uh, Dan is one of the artists that came to us because someone who was listening to the show suggested him, and I am so glad that they did. Uh, Dan Ferrari, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much for having me, Deacon Pedro. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to, it's good to meet you. Um, tell me a little bit about what, what it was like uh, to grow up uh, in the Ferrari household when you were a kid. Uh, in the Ferrari household, there was uh, a lot of music, so um, you know that was that was great. That's what made me want to pick up the guitar. Um, it was actually Elvis that that caught my, oh, yeah. my my ear and made me want to take guitar lessons in the fourth grade. Um, also, it was a household full of faith. Um, particularly, mm-hmm. my my mother is extremely faithful um, and made sure that my brother and I went to mass growing up and knew about. Uh, Jesus and Mary and uh, all the the richness of our Catholic faith. So I'm eternally grateful to to her and, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. The, I, I guess Ferrari, the Italian household, right? Um, um, yes. Yeah, so there was a lot of good food. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good food. And, but, but being Catholic for Italians is much more than just a religion. I mean, it's like, it's a way of life. It's part, it's part of a culture. Um, sure. When you say that there was a lot of music, was it just because you're, you know, you, a lot of music playing or were, were any of your parents musical? A lot of music playing. Yeah. Uh, okay, ne- okay. Neither one play <laughs> an, an instrument. Um, so yeah, they, they just filled the house with, with, with great, great music. My mom is really into James Taylor, Elton John. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of great, you know, pop right. songwriters, a lot of legendary songwriters I was exposed to, you know, growing up. So good. Good. Um, and, and you said that you were four and you wanted to learn to play the guitar. <laughs> Fourth grade, fourth grade. Oh, fourth grade. So. <laughs> okay. okay, so like, yeah, that's still pretty young. And and uh, so since then, you've been playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I started uh, songwriting uh, not not right then and there. Uh, I, I got into the drums in in high school, okay. and I was in uh, a, a, like a, a hard rock, uh, maybe uh-huh. even you could call it heavy metal band in in, in high school with my my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it wasn't until like towards the end of high school, uh, beginning college that I started songwriting. So Okay. And did you ever uh, play or sing like in church, a choir or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I, I was in, I was in a choir, a children's choir, you know, just through my, my grade school. I went to yeah. Catholic, Catholic grade school. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but it, it was never like I was soloing or anything. It was, it was right. It, right. right. Our, you know, did you did you like a lot of kind of teenagers growing up in a Catholic household? Did you go through a period of kind of dropping off from the church? I mean, I know, and I'm going to ask you, cause I know you ended up in seminary. Um, right. So, so did you, but did you, before that, did you have uh, t- kind of a falling away? 
Yeah, it, it happened really um, after college, I would say, that I began to stray from the faith and not practice, uh, you know, uh, as often. And, uh, you know, it wasn't because I disassociated myself with, with the Catholic faith. It was, mm-hmm. it was really just because it just became less important to me. And I was playing into the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was pursuing mainstream music, uh, pop rock uh, music career at that point. So Right. Okay. But you ended up in seminary. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. So that happened because uh, in around 2009, 2010, I discovered St. Paul Inside the Walls, which you mentioned earlier. It's the, mm-hmm. the, the Center for Catholic Evangelization in the Patterson Diocese that was opened by our bishop, Bishop Saratelli. Uh, there was a very vibrant uh, young adult ministry, and the, the priest, Monsignor Gino, who was the uh, founding director, uh, heard me sing and invited me to, uh, to play for the young adult choir. And, and really, you know, he, he invited me to play, but he didn't, he, no was not an option. He, he was very mm-hmm. convincing. So uh, it, it was yeah. really through that experience of using my musical gifts uh, for, the, for, for the church and for evangelization uh, you know, that really turned, uh, the, the, the tide in, in my life and brought me, you know, back to a, a, a place of de- even deeper, um, devotion than, than ever before in my life. Right. And you were, you were studying in Rome and you got to play for Pope Francis. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, so the, the founding director of St. Paul inside the walls, Monsignor Gino, he, he went on, uh, to, to work for, for the Pope for the, um, the council for, I want to say the pontifical council for the new evangelization. Okay. And through that connection, you know, he, he was able to uh, in, in, invite me and, and get me plugged into a, an oh, event that Pope Francis spoke at. So uh, that was just so invigorating. It was an amazing opportunity. Uh, right. And then it, it was, it was after that, that I, I began to study first theology at, at the, the NAC in, in Rome. Right. Okay. And, and I guess uh, just to kind of cut to the end of the story, cause you, you ended up not pursuing the, the priestly vocation. You're now married um, right. and uh, you know, but you're doing uh, music ministry. So uh, um, tell me a little bit about this last album strengthen. Do you think that sure. that, I mean that I love that title, and and I and I think our our listeners are going to like the song. We're going to end the show with this with the title track, "Strengthen." Mm-hmm. But do you do you think that that name, that title, is a, is a I guess a, a a metaphor for where you are in your life journey right now? Yeah, yeah, I I think that word. Uh, first of all, it's all over scripture, and whenever I read mm-hmm. it in scripture, it, it jumps out at me. And I, I love a quote by Dorothy Day. The, the, the quote is, is, holiness is not a state of perfection, but a faithful striving that lasts a lifetime. Hmm. So from that, you know, I draw the conclusion that the, the Lord is asking us uh, not, not to be perfect right, right here and now, because we, we never will be, but rather he's asking us to walk with him, to journey with him, to strengthen in, 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 our, in our faith, in our devotion, uh, it, it's a it's a journey, right? It's a it's a c- continual growing that uh, that we're called to. So I, I guess the, the the point is, if you're not perfect, none of us are. Uh, don't don't worry. Keep keep walking. Keep striving uh, with with the Lord. That's where where He wants us to be. Yeah, um, that's that's uh, that's so true. 
I wanted to ask you about the song that we played just before the interview because normally uh, artists will come on the show and they they want to play you know songs from their latest album, but you mm. picked this one track from your previous album, but it's a song about Mary. Uh, is mm. there a particular devotion to Our Lady? Yeah, I, I I love Our Lady and I feel that she's been walking with me and protecting me my entire life. Uh, my my mom was very close and is still very close to Our Lady and mm -hmm. um, prayed to her when I when she had some complications with with me while while she was pregnant with me. So mm -hmm. there, there there's a whole connection there where I feel that even before I came out of the womb, uh, there 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 was, there was right. a, a a real you know tie tie in there with Our Lady. So I'm, mm -hmm. I, I I owe her a lot and I, I love her a lot. So yeah. You know, this song yeah. has helped people. I think um, some people have told me they've memorized the the words to the Memorare or or to the Hail Holy Queen because of yeah. this song. So that that yeah. makes my my day when I hear that. It makes my month or year when I hear. Yeah, that. of course. Yeah, it's always good. Uh, good, 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 good way to learn a prayer is by setting it to music. Um, so yeah, those were the words of the Memorare. In case people were listening to the song, thinking I I know these words. Yeah, you heard them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't write those words. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um, Dan, uh, it's been really good meeting you. Uh, I love the music. I I really look forward to more music coming from you and to maybe having you on the show again. Uh, thank you for what you do. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me, Deacon Pedro. God bless you. Yeah, you too. Uh, you can learn more about Dan Ferrari, his music and his ministry at his website, danferrarimusic.com. If you missed any part of this, inter this interview or to listen to the whole thing or to any part of the program, just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org. Here now is Dan Ferrari with the title track of his last album, Strengthen. do without you lord who would i be if i could not call myself yours where would i go without the home you've shown me resting in your arms what would i do without you lord You're listening to Dan Ferrari with Strengthen from his album of the same name, and that will bring us to the end of the program. If you missed any part of the show, remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org. Just look for podcasts. You can also listen to this show on Roku or find it wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, while you're there, to give us a good comment or some stars or something that shows that you like what we do. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. There's only one of me. Remember also to write to me to tell me your COVID experience so we can feature your story on our program. Email me, pedro at saltonlinktv.org. And please stay safe. My prayers are with all of you. Please pray for me too. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. I've been set free by the truth.
strength in my soul You strengthen my will I want to tie into yours Tie into yours You strengthen my hope Yeah, you're lifting me up Cause you want me to soar You strengthen my faith In the victory your death has won for us all And when I'm unsure of the plans you unfold You strengthen my soul You strengthen my soul You strengthen my soul You strengthen my soul What would I do without you, Lord? 